Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Are you afraid of big changes? Oftentimes we get frozen in our tracks and are unable to process or move forward when we're faced with major changes in our life. Maria Tehran, owner of Chica Woof Dog Walking, has gone through many life-altering events. From fleeing her home country to uprooting to a brand new city to start a business, Maria faces challenges with optimism and opportunity. She joins the show to reflect on those events, how she found and stays true to her brand, and talks about growing and selling businesses. Let's get started. Hi, my name is Maria Turan, and I live in Chicago, Illinois. I currently own two businesses, Chica Wolf, where we offer dog walking and pet sitting, and Field Days, where our main service is midday dog walking. I've been working with pets for almost six years now. I wanted to work with animals, and I was doing my research about what my options were. I didn't know dog walking and pet sitting were a thing back then. So by that time, I couldn't afford learning grooming or becoming a dog trainer. And of course, I knew I wasn't going to be a vet. So I was like, okay, let's try this dog walking and pet sitting thing. Let's see what happens. And so my first year in the industry was as a hobby sitter. Then um, when I knew that this is what I wanted to do and okay, I, now I want a business. This is a business. I want to make it like official. The information that I found online wasn't enough for me to take that next step. So this is going to sound weird, <laughs> but I flew to Merrill Beach to attend PSI's conference that year. And that conference changed everything. I met so many people, like people with very successful businesses. And I was like, I want to be like them. You know, if they can do it, I can do it. So after that trip to Merrill Beach, after attending that that conference, that's where everything started. I got back home and started to work on my business. Wow. So that conference was really critical for you. And, And I love hearing that, being connected with others. And I think just seeing that it was possible really sounds like it really opened your eyes to how you could make your passion into something that you could do full time. Yeah, because I was so confused. You know, I I see like by that time, like I saw the opportunity, like this is a business. But at the same time, when I was doing my research like online, like you know, there were mixed opinions. On everything, so I was like, no, I, I need to see it. I need to talk to someone like in real life, <laughs> not like face to face. So I, I don't, I don't even remember how I found that conference because I didn't even know that PSI was a thing either. <laughs> so I don't remember. So yeah, I found them. That's the point. And yeah, I'm like you know what, I'm going. I, I'm going to that conference. I, I'm gonna see what happens. And yeah, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, I, I'm definitely one of those learners, too. Of I can read the instructions. I can uh, get all that information. But for many things, until I can talk to somebody and actually just physically talk it out and see some real-world examples, a lot of stuff I, I have a hard time connecting with. So it's interesting that you're kind of the same way, too, at least with you were when you started the, the business. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. Like that conference was like really inspiring to me. I remember after the first day, like the, we, by the way, <laughs> we were evacuated <laughs> because there was a hurricane in Metal Beach that year. Oh. <laughs> but after, yeah, yeah, but um, after the first day, like all the sessions and everything, I went back to my room and I started writing my business plan. Now, earlier in your story, you had said that when you started off, you were you considered yourself a, a hobby sitter. What does that mean to you? What do you think some of the differences are? Well, to me, I said I was a hobby sitter because I didn't have like a legally established business. I wasn't carrying insurance or anything. I was just walking dogs. Um, boring. By that time, I was doing boring, boring dogs, and you know, like just what a lot of people call like private clients. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So yeah, that that's what I call a hobby sitter. You are currently in Chicago, but. You have moved a couple times over the last several years, and you actually grew and sold a business prior to running Chico Woof. What was that process like? Well, this is going to sound weird, too. <laughs> but when I was in New Jersey, one day I woke up and I said, okay, I need a change. I want a different environment. I want a city environment. I'm moving to Chicago, like out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's who I am. Wow. So, um, yeah, my business back then, which was like my first business, the first business that, that I opened, it was called uh, North Bergen Pet Sitter. And that business had a good amount of clients. It was growing. We were, you know, getting new clients. It had potential. So I didn't want to just close it down. Plus, I felt that business was a great opportunity for someone to get started in the industry or to get started as a business owner. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try to sell it. And I remember one of my clients preferred the buyer. So she referred this person as a potential buyer. And I met with this person. We talked about it. I showed her all the details about my business. And she fell in love with the business and she bought the business. And I remember we signed all the paperwork, the buy and sell agreement and all this. We signed all that like two weeks before my moving day. So we had to pack. (laughs) Yes. I was losing hope. It was two weeks and I'm like, I have nobody. I'm going to have to close down. Oh. And all my, my clients were like waiting, you know, because I, I told them the truth. Like I, I was honest with my clients. I told them like, Hey, I'm trying to sell the business. Uh-huh. If I don't sell it, I'm going to close down. So they were like, they all were like waiting, you know, <laughs> they were uh-huh. waiting to see what happened. Oh. It was funny, but yeah, <laughs> two weeks before my moving date, this person bought the business and we had to pack our schedules with all the meet and greets and transition duties. Oh man. What was that transition like <laughs> in such a in such a short time frame, getting everybody introduced and working through all of that? Yeah, well, I didn't have like a huge business, like you know, like two hundred clients. It was a kind of a small business. So it was kind of easy. And most clients didn't care. They just Okay, I trust you. You sold the business. You trust this person. Okay, I'll get it. 
Some mm. of them, they were like, yeah, I would like to meet the new owner, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't too bad. I Plus, I had everything ready, like my all my paperwork, my SOPs, everything was ready. So it was a really smooth transition. Wow. Yeah, I think just being prepared sounds like that was one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that you could have done for the business. Looking back on that, was there anything that you would have done differently about that process? I think... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I think I would have I would have planned better, like to not mm. do everything like rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I would do different. Yeah, yeah. I know sometimes our timelines are kind of set for us, and we've got to go. Other times we set them uh, for ourselves, yeah. and and but that, it's always hard to juggle of trying to expect how much time something's going to take. And as you experienced, of like it kind of went up right to the wire uh, for you. Um, But at least you had things like the SOPs and all of that in place before you started that process. Yeah. And I also, I remember (laughs) that before this person, before the lady that bought the business, um, I met with like two potential buyers before her. And people were like, (laughs) people were like, okay, I don't have money. I like your business and everything, but I don't have money. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) yeah. Or, or so, or some people, I was like, I'm moving in two weeks. I need an answer, you know? Yeah. So they were like, oh, two weeks. Like you, you are not giving me enough time to get the money. And I'm like, okay, you are trying to buy a business. (laughs) You are supposed to have money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I was losing hope until this lady came to my life. <laughs> yeah, no. So were you selling mm-hmm. mostly the client list or or I guess you were also selling all of your procedures and policies as well? Yeah, everything, everything. Now, it sounds like uh, you are someone who's not afraid of big changes. You woke up one morning and decided you needed to change. You uh, flew down to Myrtle Beach uh, to get, learn more about a business. Where does that come from with you and, and how you approach those kind of challenges? Um, I don't know. I, that's who I am. <laughs> that's who I am. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I guess I like new beginnings. Yeah. I really like new beginnings. So yeah, I guess that's my my motivation when I make those kind of decisions, <laughs> the crazy decisions. <laughs> well, it sounds like those new ch- those those new beginnings and those challenges are something that excite you. And I know yeah. for many people it can be really daunting and really scary and not know quite where to turn, but viewing it as as a new beginning, not necessarily a challenge, but as a new beginning is kind of a, a different way of looking at those situations. Right. Yeah. That's what I like. <laughs> Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timedpet.com slash confessional. So you woke up one morning, decided you wanted to go to Chicago. And 
what was the process like of arriving in Chicago and did you immediately decide you wanted to start another dog walking and pet sitting company or what, what did, what did that look like? Yeah. Before moving, like before my moving date, I had everything ready, like <laughs> everything. So the website, everything was running before I even arrived to Chicago. Wow. Yeah, I wa- I knew what I wanted, and I knew that I wanted to to do kind of the same thing that I was doing in New Jersey. Of course, that business model has been like changing as we grow, because right now Shaker Wolf is is bigger than what I had in New Jersey by that time. So of course, as business grows, everything changes, and you have to do some things differently. Mm. But yeah, my idea the whole time was like do kind of the same thing that I was doing in New Jersey. Yeah. Now, Chica Woof, where where did that name come from? Because I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, the name Chica Woof, it's it's a word game between Chicago, like the city, and Wolf, like Woof Woof, like the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, don't ask me how I come up with that because I don't know. <laughs> it just came to my mind. And I'm like, okay, this is an awesome name. That's my business name. <laughs> Best kind of of, uh, of of names that you can come up with where they just kind of, they make sense. They can materialize out of thin air almost and uh, and just, just work. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you said you had everything prepared before you even landed in Chicago. Were you get, getting inquiries for pet services? And how did you handle that? To be honest, I didn't. I okay. didn't until I got here. And until I got here and I started to meet people. And I remember, I, I this is going to sound weird too, but I just, out of nowhere, I messaged another dog walker. On Instagram, it's a it's a girl that has a business. I don't know if she's still in business, but by that time she was. She has a like medium sized business here. So I messaged her and I'm like, "Hi, I'm moving to Chicago very soon. I'm just looking for dog walker friends." <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, hi. Um, I'm doing a, a an event. She was doing an event. I don't remember what it was, but I'm doing an event this weekend. You want to stop by? We can meet. I don't like just referring people if I don't know them." And I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense. I'm I'm gonna stop by the event." And I went to her event. I met her, and that same week she sent me one client that client until now the client is with me it's one of my best clients ever i love them and yeah that was my first client in chicago max and fanny the labradors and after that yeah and, and it was thanks to her after that i remember i printed my business cards and i left my business cards in my building's uh main room so there was a guy here in the building that needed a dog walker or he had a dog walker and wanted a new dog walker, something like that. And he saw my cards and he contacted me. So I started like providing services, the walking services for him. And <laughs> and this guy told everybody about me. <laughs> so now like we have like 80% of the dogs in my own building. So that's how, how everything started here. Wow. Now that's, that's something that, uh, that's amazing that, that yes. I think a lot of people would, are, would be very jealous to know that you have that many clients that close to you. 
Uh, as far as crazy, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, thanks to this guy. Oh my god, thank you so much. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, really, it really just goes to show that making these these small connections have massive impacts on our business, and we're yeah. never really sure where those are going to come from. So we do do have to be open to opportunities and and people as they come, because again, you never know where that's going to lead. Yeah, and you know what? That's how it works here in Chicago. I didn't feel it was like in New Jersey, but here in Chicago, like that's how you get clients. You have to go out there and talk to people. Well, so that was an, another question that I had was you've you've operated two two pet sitting and dog walking companies in completely different markets. So how, how would you describe the differences between those? And what was it like for you to adapt to the, to those changes? So the first difference that I've seen is that there are more dogs in Chicago. Oh. <laughs> like in general, <laughs> yeah. In general, Chicago is more like dog friendly. So that's the first difference. Another difference is um, the type of clients. In New Jersey, it's more like families with kids and they have pets. So here it's more millennials having dogs instead of kids, which I love. I love Chicago's market. I actually found my ideal client profile here. So, yeah. And I would say the change was smooth. But as I said before, here in Chicago, people like stalking. So let's say you go to the dog's park and you talk to people and you introduce yourself as a pet care provider. Um, that person is going to book your services or that person knows someone that is going to need your services. Mm. So they're going to refer your business. Yeah. Or if you see someone walking their dog and you approach them and you introduce yourself and you give them a business card. You get clients like that. Wow. And I wasn't comfortable with that at first, to be <laughs> honest. It, that, that was the hard part. I wasn't comfortable because I used to be like really shy. I was a very shy person. I didn't want to talk to people. It was crazy. But I've been working on that and I've, I've, I'm getting better. You know, I'm better now. I can talk to people. I get clients like that. You know, I'm not afraid of approach someone and give them my business card. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you said that that was something that you've had to work on of growing your confidence in talking to people in that. How have you intentionally worked on that? Is that something where you just kind of go, oh, I'm going to talk to that person and you go up and you start or do you do you prepare other ways? Well, I started like doing a small things, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give someone a business card today. Like yeah. one, just one person today, just one person. Oh. I'm going to do it no matter what. If I'm scared, I don't care. I have to do it. I have to grow this business. I have no choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to be broke? Are you going to be, are you going to go back to your job, nine to five job, like in the office? No, you want to grow this business. This is what you want. You have to go there and talk to people because this is how it works in Chicago. So you have to do what you have to do. And I, I was like pushing myself every day, every day, every day until it got easier. Oh, no, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Of I'm going to give one person my business card. I'm going to give two people yes. my business card. I'm going to and just work up from there. And it's this muscle 
as you yeah, become more yeah. con- as you become more confident as, and as you've had now have you've experienced you see how people go oh well maybe i don't need you but i totally know somebody who does or just the population right. of dogs in the city means that you have a really high hit rate anytime you branch out so you do get these these quick these fast successes that come to you as you try these little things again you know, networking with others and then stretching yourself little by little. I think many of us get overwhelmed with the change that sometimes we have to do in our business. But I love hearing how you just said, no, we're going to do one small step at a time. Yeah, that's what I did. And now it is something like natural. I see someone with a dog. Here's my business card. I'm a dog walker. I'm a pet sitter. Here you go. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, becoming confident in not just those skills, but also knowing that it's backed up by an amazing business or amazing team and services that you offer really do help start to branch out. Yes, definitely. Earlier, you had mentioned that you have found your ideal client profile in Chicago. If you wouldn't mind sharing, what what does your ideal client look like? I like working with young people, young people, couples, um, with dogs that work and need me, like for me, take dog walking. I'm now trying to focus on dog walking because that's like my biggest service. Oh. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to attract now. Like more dog walking, more midday dog walking. I love pet sitting, of course, and I love I love cats, but I want to attract um, more dog walking now. How have you found that process of t- trying to attract or communicate with your ideal clients? Has that been has that been easy or what's that look like? Um, well, besides all the challenges that we have now in the industry, um, well, first thing I would say, you have to be very clear on what you want. You have to be very clear on what your, your ideal client is. So that way you can start marketing to that person because what a mistake that we all make is like we open our market like a lot. We want everything. And the truth is like not everything out there is going to be a good fit for us. So you have to really like think and write down your client profile, what you want, what that person uh, needs from you. What do you want to get from that person too? And then plan like a marketing strategy to attract that kind of person. Yeah, being very clear with yes, with not just who you want, but then how you're going to go about them. Because you're right, we can get... I think some of that comes from this fear of not having enough business or fear of losing mm-hmm. uh, out on money and, and and not being able to pay our bills. So we try and take on everybody and we end up yep. immediately regretting that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so describe a time where you you maybe deviated from your ideal client and maybe some lessons that you learned? You know what? (laughs) To me, I've seen like the real issues when I go out of my service area. Uh There's always that one person that contacts me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it for this person. And it it is always a mess. So I'm like, this is the the proof that I I have to do what what I plan for like, if this is my service area, why I'm going in another direction, you know? So the same thing is with the clients. If, if this is my ideal client, why I'm going 
to the one that is asking me for discount or why I'm going to the one that doesn't want to pay my service because they think it is not worth it or whatever, you know? But yeah, in general, like my issue is when when I try to go out of my service area for someone, that's when the problems start. Oh, we have that. <laughs> we we have that too, where we have our set service radia, radius, and I feel like it's like once a month somebody contacts us, and they're like less than like a tenth of a mile outside of it, and we sit there and we're like, oh, oh. is this going to be worth it? Is this going to be worth it? Yeah. And and really, we've got to remind ourselves of. No, like I set that radius for a reason. And if I start, if I start breaking that promise to myself, like, where is Mm -hmm. that going to stop, stop? And I have these, I have to remind myself that we've got these boundaries for a reason. And it's, it's for, you know, our health at the end of the day, but it's also so that we can provide the best service possible to the people within that radius. Yeah, then if you do it once, you're going to be stuck with the person, which I don't know if I'm okay with that, you know? <laughs> no, you're, you're right. And I I think that's a great way to put it of, okay, but maybe, okay, if you did it one time, what's that? If you did it a hundred times, are you really still okay yeah. with that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Your brand of, of Chica Woof and Field Days, they... I feel like they have such a strong sense of of what that brand is. So how how would you describe your company, the branding behind it? And then follow up to that, how do you effectively market that to your clients? So to me, Shika Wolf is unique. But besides that, this is me like a mom, you know, as a mom seeing my child as a unique person. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but besides that, Chica Wolf is a company committed to providing pets with personalized care and quality time. And when it comes to marketing my company's philosophy and values, I found social media especially helpful. Mm. Not only because everybody's there, but because I see social media as a way to connect with my current and potential clients. I can show them how everything is done, why we do things in certain way. They can see the behind the scenes of our work. So I feel like people really connect with that. And it is a great way to show them how Chicago's values are applied day by day on what we do. Like I want them to see that our values are not something that I wrote on my website and forgot about it. I want everybody <laughs> to see uh-huh. that we are a professional service and we are offering like professional care to their pets. Yeah. No, that idea of going, this is a little window into our company. And, you know, people, clients will stalk you for months and months, if not over a year sometimes, to see (laughs) if they're going to need you or who to figure out who you are, if you're the real deal. And to know, and to know that going in and to intentionally go, the pictures that I post, the captions that go along with it, the connections that I'm making, that is visible. People see that. And and I need to be as consistent as possible when I am mm-hmm. doing that so that that same message can be getting across. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And part of this, too, is your website. I really, really like your website. How did that get developed? Well, I have a guy. <laughs> nice. So I have a, <laughs> we all have a guy. So <laughs> I have a childhood friend who is a web developer. So he now helps me with all the tech part in Chica Wolf and now in Field Days. 
And when I got my rebranding done last year with Dog Design, I wanted a, web- a website that matched my new brand. So we basically made a new website. Like we started everything from zero. So how was the reception that you received for the website? As Do you feel like it's been been helpful in attracting the clients that fit with your brand? Oh yeah, everybody is amazed by that website. Yeah. Like everybody in a meet and greet, when I meet a client, whatever, they have to talk about that website. Someone told me once like it is it feels like a dog park and I'm like, okay, I guess that's that's good, right? <laughs> oh that's an that's an interesting description for a website. <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm trying I'm trying to feel, figure out what they mean by that. Uh, I guess it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was good for them. Like, I was like, okay, I guess that's good, right? And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. It's so much fun. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think fun. It's it's also um, I, I love it because it's very it's very light in feeling as far as the design behind it, and so everything is pretty welcoming and accessible to you when you go to the website. So you're immediately drawn into it and you don't feel like it's this, um, you don't get overwhelmed by visiting it, which I think is really important, especially for first-time clients. Yeah, it is a really easy to read the website. And adorable photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you, know, you view social media as a little window in, into your company and as a way to communicate. I think many of us struggle with consistently doing that and giving the same messaging whenever we're posting and when we're doing our social media. How do you stay true to your brand? And and really, how do you stay consistent in your messaging? Well, to me, being consistent is really important because the way I see it is clients know right away when there is no connection between what you offer and when, what they receive. So I personally, I, I feel like I need to make sure that we are delivering what Chica Wolf promises. That's the first thing. Another thing is education. That's another way to, to stay true to my brand. Since we advocate for pet care as a career that requires knowledge and continued education. Yeah, as a way of continuing to try and better ourselves and to realize that, yeah, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't know everything uh, we can be experienced in a lot of, of things course. but there there are going to be things that we that we don't know of course and everything is changing i feel like the industry is changing every day so there is always something that you can learn well speaking speaking of changes what are some of the of the changes or or, or challenges that you see facing the industry oh well i guess Everybody knows COVID, <laughs> how COVID hit the businesses. Oh, the, oh, oh what? Tell me yeah. more. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, I feel like we were very lucky that our clients supported us during the whole year because they were working for, from home, but they still booked our services. So I feel like we were very lucky and to keep working. Like, I, I used to see, like, People with no clients, people closing down. It was really sad, you know. It was really sad. And I feel even though like this year, as everything reopens, it, it is changing again. It is getting better. Now everybody is overwhelmed. And, but um, yeah, but I feel like there are like maybe a small percentage of business owners that 
are not 100% recovered. So it's hard. It's, it's been a crazy year for the for the care industry. Many of us are trying to figure out exactly what the expectations of our clients are now. And especially as many mm -hmm. are staying home more because of the new flex work schedules mm -hmm. that a lot of companies right. have implemented, we're trying to still trying to figure out ways, okay, now I've got to make something work long term. I think we did a lot of short-term changes last year to meet real quick, fast needs that were changing, but now trying to look ahead and going, mm -hmm. okay, what's going to be sustainable? How are uh, my clients' needs going to change and, and how can I really uh, help them? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because as I said, it, it, I, well, the way I feel is it keeps changing. It went from dead last year yeah. to crazy this year. And now it's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like here in Chicago, we don't know what's going to happen because as some people is returning to the office, some people is being sent back home. Well, that's the situation that I'm having. So it's like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know you are trying to focus more on, you mentioned focus more on the, the midday dog walks. Um, mm -hmm. how, how are you finding marketing that service given these changing times? Well, um, to be honest, I'm marketing to people at this point. I'm marketing to people who is at home, like working from home. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm saying like, okay, you are working from home. I'm, I'm going to take care of your dog. I'm going to get the dog tired so you can work in peace or you can have lunch. You don't have to walk. You don't have to go out and walk the dog. You can have a nice lunch. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like, Making sure, like, um, I'm sending that message that the dog needs to be tired so you can work in peace or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm I'm trying to do. And, I mean, it's working. We have clients working from home that book our services. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I think, I think that's, rem again, reminding ourselves of, well, the, the walk might not have changed as far as a service, but the need for it and having to mm -hmm. communicate. Because many, many people might not know that it's an even even an option for them to right. have that done or that they even need it. So you kind of do have to get in front of them and going, hey, uh, it, is this bothering you? Well, I can solve it by taking your dog mm -hmm. outside for a while. Mm -hmm. The dog is barking while people are working or the dog is, I don't know, being demanding, want to play, whatever. I'm here for that. You can work. Yeah. <laughs> now those... You can focus on work and making money. And <laughs> I take care of the dog. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Pepper Eels makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized Simply gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They offer an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes, and welcome new and rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a Simply Gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate a pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchase. Learn more and register by going to petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS. Enter the code PSC at registration. 
you'll be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any package that you send in your first 90 days. Now, those midday dog walks are housed under your other company of, of field days. What was the thinking behind separating out that as its own company apart from the pet sitting that Chica Woof does? Well, it was it was an existing company. It was an uh, existing business okay. that I bought. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't want to change anything. Yeah, they go to a different area. They work in a different way. The legal structure is different, so I I choose I chose to keep them separate. Oh, well, that's awesome. So, so you you started Chica Woof, and then you bought this other company. How did that How did that opportunity present itself? This guy, I met this guy, the former owner. I met him on Facebook. <laughs> so we met one day. It was when. In the middle of COVID, of, of, of the COVID situation, yeah, we met once and he was like, oh, well, I'm thinking about selling my business, blah, blah, blah. And by that time, the the amount he was asking for, I'm like, there's no way I can pay that. <laughs> there's no way I can afford it. Like, I'm interested in half money. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we forgot about it. Then this year, he was like, okay, I'm able to, to work with you. I'm willing to work with you about payments mm. and everything. Yeah. And let's, let's meet, let's negotiate. And I'm like, okay, there you go. And that's how I bought it. That's great. I, you know, again, yeah. thinking, thinking of these opportunities that come along and being open to either entertaining them or just seeing where that pos- those possibilities can go can really be game changing. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, I want, I want your business. <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no. been challenging. Yeah, because Field Days is a bigger company, it's bigger than Chicago. Hmm. But yeah, so that's the challenging part. But I'm, I'm overall like really happy with the, with my decision. Yeah. Now having previously sold a business, how did that play into you? buying field days well i kind of knew the process so that was an advantage for me i guess so yeah yeah i guess that that was it (laughs) oh (laughs) well so if somebody you know i have seen uh many people posting about trying to sell their business and um Mm -hmm. looking through that process you have gone through selling a business and buying a business, what advice would you give mm-hmm. to somebody who is who is thinking about going through with that? Well, if you want to sell your business, if you're thinking about sell your business, um, just be prepared. And what I mean is like have everything in order, like your mm-hmm. SOPs. Try to make it as easier as possible for the new owner so you can sell it quickly because... You, what, what are you going to buy? You as a buyer, what are you going to buy? Something that's really simple that is going to start working for you right away or something that you have to do all this work and all this transition and all this, this you know, all these duties. So that's a really good point. Like be prepared, document all your processes and work with your team, create a solid uh, relationship with your team so they can like adapt to the new owner. Like easily you can, you can like, Feel that freedom to talk to them like, hey, I'm not going to be around, but this person is going to be around. Nothing is going to change, blah, blah, blah. So be very clear. Also, be very clear with your clients. And yeah, that's what I would say 
that that would be like helpful for someone trying to sell their business. And then what about as far as buying a business? Uh, I mean, I, I can talk a lot about it because I just bought it because yeah. I, I knew this, I kind of knew this person. And so I knew the way he, he worked and I know this was a, a business with a very good reputation because they've been around for over 10 years. So this guy, my friend David, he he's doing he he did a great job with the days. So I really felt like comfortable. I didn't feel that like I had to worry about anything hmm. when I bought this business. But I know that's not always the case because most of the cases are is like they don't know each other, they don't know anything about each other. So yeah, do your research, take your time, just don't be shy to ask the owner like I want to see this. I want to see that. I want to see taxes. I want to see bank statements. I want to see reports. I want to see more about the stuff. Doesn't that's a good point too? Because maybe you get stuck with with a you know with a stuff that you don't like or that doesn't do the best work. So yeah, I would say take your time. Don't rush the process. Just do your research and don't be shy to ask for paperwork for receipts. Yeah, asking lots of questions can never be yeah, a bad yeah. can never be a bad yeah. thing, especially whenever you yeah. are, especially if you're going to be taking on staff and all yeah, of the it's a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, it's a big investment. Like you are investing your money on that. You want to make sure you are doing like a good investment. Yeah, definitely want to be be prudent with these moves and make sure it makes sense, not just for the goals that you have for your personal life, but that, you know, and I can see how for you, how already having an existing business, having to see, does it make sense to bring this alongside and and mm-hmm. does it jive with what I'm currently doing? How is it balancing the the messaging and branding between t- those two different companies? Well, I'm still working on, on field days. We okay. still have a lot, a lot of work to do. We just did the rebranding like one or two weeks ago, and so we still have a lot of work in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have to do the new website. We have to start like uh, posting on Instagram more like regularly. Yeah, and yeah, we have a lot of work in there. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but I like it. I like the process, so <laughs> oh. I'll be okay. <laughs> Well, what what about the process? Do you do you like? Do you find satisfying? Yeah, yeah, I I love I love the process. I, I love like building my own stuff. You know, like my own thing, my own business. Because yeah. when it is done, once it is done, I'm like, okay, I did all this. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, I did all this. <laughs> Being very satisfied with that yes. work, and, and and I think sometimes it can be a little different because it's not like we are building. Well, sometimes we are, but it's not like we're building a big building that we can step back and look at. So sometimes it's harder to see the result of all of our effort because it's all spread out or it's a lot of it's online or all of this different things. Mm-hmm. But but I think you're right is to not forget that hard work and to be to be satisfied with that when we were when we are done with it and it's working well. Yes, I love that yeah. after doing such a hard job. <laughs> You've had quite the experience over the last several years of starting multiple businesses, selling and buying and moving markets. So what do you wish you would have known when you first started? Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Before answering this question, you know, I did a list on the notes, a list of of all the mistakes I've done through the years, like in business. It's crazy. It's oh. like 
I don't know, like over 200. <laughs> oh no. But to answer the question, yeah. But to answer your question, I would say I want I would like to know to understand that I don't have to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. It is good to delegate and that other people can do their work too. I don't have to, you know, burn myself out. I can delegate and work more efficiently. Which is really hard for people, especially when we're, it's our business. You said you feel like a mom talking about Chica Woof, this business that you've mm-hmm. started. You're very proud of it. You know all of the ins and outs. And then to have to bring in somebody from the outside can definitely feel, well, like, are they going to, we have a lot of fears revolving around that. So how did you overcome that, the, those fears and, and, and be okay with delegating? Well, when I started delegating and I saw the results, that's when I started to feel like more comfortable with delegating. Uh-huh. For example, um, when I hired, I was I was super scared. Like I was terrified. Like these people, they are not gonna do the job the way I do it. They are not gonna love the pets like I do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, once the people that I that I hired, they started like working. And I remember something that it was like when I woke up, <laughs> um, I sent this person to a client, like for the walking for like a week or so. Then the following week, this person needed to take a day off or something like that. I don't remember. And so I went to walk the dogs. And when I opened the door, the owners were there and they were like, oh, it's you. It's not this person. And I'm like. Oh, they were like so disappointed to see me. <laughs> they, were, they, they wanted the other person. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so my clients are okay. They want them. This person maybe is yeah. better than me, which I love it. Like I want to mm. hire people who is better than me. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's when I started seeing that, I started seeing that the results, I'm like, okay, we were doing a good job. This is oh. working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just like whenever you saw the results of handing out a business card each day and stretching this stuff and doing these little things, when you start to see the results and trusting the results and that they're happening, I, I love that of going, okay, I can let go of these fears because it's actually working. Yeah, it's a process. But yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you said in kind of, you sat down and you wrote out some of your biggest mistakes. You don't have to tell us any of them, but I am curious how, <laughs> how, how you handle mistakes as a business owner and now managing multiple companies and your staff. What, what goes through your head when a mistake happens? Well, a few years ago, I used to freak out. I was like, okay, it's the end of the world. It's the end of my career. My business is going to, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to pull my services because I made a mistake. Yeah. Now I try to take it easy. I'm like, okay, this is a mistake. We didn't do this right. Okay, how do I solve it first? I find a solution first. Then how do I prevent this from happening in the future? And I, st- I, I try to, to uh, implement processes or create systems that help me to prevent that mistake from happening in the future. Mm. And that's it. I move, I move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, sit, sit down, make sure it doesn't happen again by putting in those policies, those procedures, whether that, or new mm-hmm. trainings. And then you right. can't, yeah, because you can't, you can't dwell on that mistake because if you dwell on yeah. it, you're never going to move. You're never going to do something new. You're never going to change or be open to yeah. other opportunities. And you're going to be scared like all the time. 
Mm. I mean, mistakes are going to happen. Uh, like nobody's perfect, you know. <laughs> we're humans, so <laughs> we're not dogs. We're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in op- <laughs> and operating our business out of fear is always going to limit us in what we're willing mm-hmm. to do and and how we're going to adapt and change. You're involved in a lot of things and you've got a lot going on. So, what are some of your maybe recommended resources? Uh, that you'd like for other people to know about or to share? Well, I really like the Pet Nanny Coach YouTube channel. And there is a podcast that I love. It is not pet related, but I think it is great for business owners since it is all about personal growth. It is called the Life Life Coach School. So those are my two favorite resources right now. I'll put those in the show notes so other people can go click right to those. Maria, this has been absolutely wonderful. I've really enjoyed your story of continuing to try new things and to not be afraid to take big leaps and make big changes in your life when you've got that passion behind you. I know that there's a lot that you've got going on and probably more questions that people are going to have. So how can people get connected with you, follow along with your work, and start seeing some of those amazing social media posts that you guys put out. Yeah, so for us, uh, Instagram is our number one social network. So you can find us as at shakerwolf.walking. Maria, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. A big change or challenge to you might not be the same to somebody else. And likewise, We all have different levels of which we start being afraid or we start thinking, ooh, this might be pretty big for me. I know I need to try and overcome this. I love Maria's story of overcoming her fear of reaching out and talking to people and doing little steps, little goals that she knew she could accomplish and building the muscles and training herself to overcome that fear. The big challenges really do become extremely manageable when we break it down into little steps for us. So whatever challenge you're facing today or for this year or whatever that is for you, I really encourage you to break it down into little small pieces. They say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you overcome that fear that you have for that big challenge, that big change that you're staring at? One step at a time. Let us know how you overcome challenges and what it's like for you to process that and put those into perspective. We'd love to hear from you. You can send that to feedback at PetsitterConfessional.com or anywhere on social media at PetsitterConfessional. We really want to thank our sponsors, Timed Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And we want to thank you for listening and for sharing and for being here every week. It means so much. We're so thankful for you. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend, and we'll be back again soon.